I'm Charlie Harry Francis, and my company is Liquid I'm Delicious, and we make liquid nitrogen ice cream at events using our portable liquid nitrogen ice cream contraptions. Amazing. Okay. Uh, how on earth did you get into making liquid nitrogen ice cream? So I grew up on an ice cream farm in southwest Wales. My Amazing. parents make ice cream, and then I created the first contraption last year. It was born in November. And it's, it's the one that's out there, so it's a completely flat packable machine. It sets up in about half an hour. It's got two uh, liquid nitrogen injection systems on it, and we make any flavour ice cream at event. But that's amazing. How on earth do you know the technology how to make? Did you base it on, like, an ice cream maker that you already knew? <laughs> so I know how to make ice cream because of my parents, because yeah, yeah, I yeah. grew up on an ice cream farm. Um, and I wanted a way of being able to make any flavour ice cream. That was the original idea. Okay. So I spent a long time looking at different ways of doing that, so I tried various machines out which worked with not a lot of success so I had like a, a piece of stone that I kept in a freezer to mix ice cream on to try and mix ingredients they did something like in America but that didn't work that well and I tried a machine that sort of crunched stuff up into the ice cream but it just got jammed and then a friend of mine who's a chef said have you tried using liquid nitrogen because it's a good way to make ice cream fresh so I started doing that and then I entered a competition last year uh, and as part of that I was giving out free samples of ice cream made using liquid nitrogen so when you make it using liquid nitrogen, you get a few things. One is instant ice cream, which is great. Amazing, so and also visually awesome. Oh, it looks amazing, but yeah. also you get tiny ice crystals in the ice cream. So it's incredibly smooth. It's almost like velvet to eat, and it's fresh. So ice cream is like anything. It's like uh, cakes or biscuits or socks. It's better when it's fresh. <laughs> socks. Socks are always better when they're fresh. And then during this competition, I was giving out free samples, and someone said to me, you, could you do this at my wedding? And someone else said, could you do this at my event? So I thought there's something in that. So hence the reason I built the first contraption. And then I started doing corporate events. My first event was for a very wealthy chap up in Essex who was doing this huge 40th birthday party. And Desiree there. You know, oh, oh, my oh, God. Life. Old school. Yeah, it was amazing. This is an amazing party. And I made ice cream. I did a raspberry mojito ice cream and a strawberry crumble, fresh strawberry crumble. God, this makes me hungry. Um, and then, so off the back of that, then I met an events company who introduced them to other clients. I started getting a good client base, so now I work with people like Google, um, Sony, the Science Museum, Museum of London. So if you were having to sort of make the three sort of most pivotal moments in your journey so far... Um, I said my first event and just recently completing the new contraption which is the world's first liquid nitrogen ice cream buggy which I'm Whoa. launching this week that is exciting where's that we want to see that it's back at the farm it's top speed of six miles an hour it's fake to events it fits into the back of my van like Thunderbird 5 and then we unpack it and it can make ice cream for up to 2,000 people and we drive it around the events making ice cream oh, amazing I always like to sort of find out whether there's been any point in the development of your business <laughs> um, whether you felt like you want to give everything up and why didn't you? I haven't wanted to ever give it up. I've had hard days. I had a day quite recently where I just hit a wall and I was just really ill. I had to write. It was for this, actually. I had to write a business plan in a day. And that was a pretty tough day. But you just get through it. What's I've, it that sort of keeps you going, I guess? You've got to do it, haven't you? It's your business. There's no one else you can ship it out to. You've got to get it done. You get this weird point where you, if you've got to do something, you'll always get it done. And even if you've got tons and tons of work on you just sort of well you can just work into the night which is bad but you you know that's always there you've always got sleep you could sacrifice so you know you can always get stuff done pretty exhausting yeah it's tiring but it's great fun why is it fun why is it worth it well i i really believe in business being fun that's that's my sort of ethos um i just i think business should be fun and i think if you're not having fun in business you're doing it wrong i think it's so easy though when you set up your own business to get very easily led astray 
because I think you know you have a very clear vision of what you're doing but when you're working for yourself sometimes you sort of get distracted and then after you know a couple of months into you know maybe a, ch- a challenging couple of months you're thinking hang on a sec I set this up to be like this and I'm but doing this you, you, I, I think it's really important to learn to say no to things because a lot of the time you um, I've, I've certainly been there where you, you sort of feel like you have to be busy the whole time you feel like every day you have to be doing stuff I, I think there's an obsession with being busy um, and you hear it from a lot of people and everyone does it and you sort of think um, you sit there going, well, I'm not doing anything. So you, someone phones you up and says, do you want to do this? And it's an event that maybe you wouldn't want to do. And actually, if you think about it, it would make business sense. I get asked to do festivals a lot. And I've always said no, because it's not the right area for me. It's, it's the wrong business model for me. And part of me sort of thinks, well, I should do those. Because, you know, say no to something. But you've got to be really strict with yourself. Well, I, I certainly think so. And say, don't do that. Because if you do, it's going to take up all your time. And that time where you wouldn't be doing stuff, you could put it somewhere else or maybe think about your business or develop your business more do you think that's become easier to work out what's worthwhile and not over time or do you think that's just something you have to trust your gut on um i think no initially i have to trust my gut and now and know that that was right because it's hard i think when you're when you're starting out with a new business it's hard to work out oh god it's i mean the the hardest times i've had in business have been the one of the hardest decisions was i was going to originally open a shop uh, and I actually decided to do the events business. How come you changed your mind on that? Because for the shop, I had a, I've still got a huge Excel spreadsheet that would make Carol Vorderman's mind melt just to look at it. I mean, it was a forecasting for five years in advance. And I could see it could make a lot of money. It could also lose a lot of money. And I was so stressed. I hadn't even started open. I hadn't even bought bloody premises by that point. And I also had this idea, which is almost a byline idea, about doing the um, events business, which I do now which is just honestly on the back of a fag packet, but I don't smoke, so it's a piece of paper. I just put some calculations saying, you know, I can make, charge this, make that. Bosh, done, good business. I went to see my accountant, I said, I'm really stressed. He said, why? I said, I don't really know, but here's these two businesses. And he said, well, looking at the two of them, I wouldn't touch that one, the shop with a barge pole, but this one, the events company, I definitely do. And the interesting thing there was I had a real vested ego in the shop. So I told all my friends I was going to do a shop. And to turn around to all them and go... And people still say to me now, when are you opening the shop? And I still have to go, I'm never going to open a shop. I'm d- I've done this events business. And that's, it's, it's quite an important thing, I think, to, to pull your ego out of business and say, actually, it's about... You've got to look at the, the bottom line at the end of the day. And also allow yourself for it to develop. But, you know, when you are working for yourself and you have your own idea, it is so easy to get so consumed and fixated on that thing to actually not swallow your pride to the wrong kind of thing. But... No, it is swallow you. Yeah, I think it's right. It's, it's just... It's just the trouble is you've got to be driven by passion because otherwise you wouldn't get up in the morning but you've got to then rationalise that with your business head because if you don't do that then you'll make the wrong decision so you've got to sort of I think you've got to temper the two together Do you have people that you help do you have mentors or, or people you work with that help do that because I think that can be quite challenging can't it on your own when you're working for yeah, yourself Yeah yeah I mean well I have people that help me sort of business advisors from the bank and my parents and but I reckon um, it's important to have those people to bounce off isn't it absolutely but I think classically I'm not a very certainly when I was younger I never used to listen to anybody as, as I got older I realised you just got to I, to be honest I try well I think I, I do I just listen to anybody it doesn't cost anything to listen that's genuine that's the thing that people say but it's genuinely true you have to agree with them but it's always good to listen to people and advice, I got a brilliant bit of advice from someone's mum the other day and it was perfect so, you know. You never know where the best nuggets of advice are going yeah, to come from. Yeah, everyone's got an opinion, and one of them's going to be right, isn't it? I'm talking, well, we hope so. Yeah. Talking of advice, if you were to give yourself advice, if you were to do it all again, what's the one piece of advice you wish you'd been given? or you? Um, don't feel stupid. Don't feel silly. There's this, there's this, and no one ever talks about this, and everyone, if you say it to an entrepreneur, they all agree, but no one ever mentions it, is that when you start a business, you feel ridiculous. 
I remember sitting in my pajamas on the sofa with my laptop, going, "What the hell am I doing?" You know, and I, I'm trying to set up a nice cream business. I don't know how to. Set, I don't know how you do that, and you feel silly. I had a flatmate who's going to work every day. He'd come back and like, "What have you done today?" I'm like, "Well, I sent an email to a few people, and I feel like a bit of an idiot." And has anyone got back to you? No, but I've got some Twitter followers, and you just feel like a bit of an ass, really. But you, you just got to know that that's fine. And that, for me, bizarrely. Financial worries, like information and knowledge worries, all that stuff aside, that is all hard, but that's part of the fun. You overcome those hurdles and you work stuff out. The hardest thing is is not feeling stupid because you sort of you got this passion, but you also feel like a bit of an idiot. So it's like telling yourself, no, it's okay, just keep going, keep going, keep going. That's why people always say drive is so important in entrepreneurs because you have to drive past that moment of feeling like a bit of a plonker. That's hard though, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's believing yourself. That's what it is, but you just got to keep going for it.